Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Uh, boys, we are coming off our most successful episode ever from a number standpoint. Uh, the college app kind of kind of killed it, boys. Um, it was a good app. We had a lot of energy in the room, and uh, we are going to follow that up with uh, another kind of concept episode. Uh, I'm I'm liking this idea of uh, kind of devoting an episode to a concept, and today is going to be the satire episode. So we've had many, many requests from people on Twitter to uh, to talk about the Babylon Bee, specifically uh, some allegations that the Babylon Bee may be uh, harvesting the happy rant for content. So mm. uh, we'll get into that in a few moments. But Pipe, we have, uh, we have a, a sponsor that we'd like to honor, uh, a sponsor that's been with us for a long time. Yes. Uh, they're, they're approaching Dave Cook level of like, comfortability in uh in the in the you know the, yeah, the just, universe just that dave. is the happy it's just dave now it's just dave yeah. man we're on a first name basis with dave now but it, but it's not dave this week it's uh it's a logos bible software again. yeah so and, and, and sadly there's not an easy nickname for a logos bible software but regular listeners yeah. will have heard us uh promo them before if you're not familiar with uh with logos bible software that's somewhat surprising because they're sort of one of the premier Bible study softwares out there. Um, if you go to logos.com slash happy rant, they, you can see a full rundown on their, their newly released Logos 7, uh, all of the features that it has, all of the resources that they, that they have. That one of the unique things about them is when you, when you buy Logos, you're buying a whole library of resources, not just, not just the functionality. And then you have to go buy all the other stuff. So, some places you buy a la carte with logos, you buy a whole library of resources um, and then all the functions that go with it. Uh, you will also get a Spurgeon's commentary on, I think, Philippians, if my memory serves me correctly. Obviously, I didn't do any show prep, so I'm not looking at it. Um, but go to logos.com slash happy rant. Check it out. Uh, if you buy through that, uh, you'll get the, the free Spurgeon's commentary. We appreciate their sponsorship. And so go check them out. You know what? I'm going to miss... I'm going to miss Logos when they're gone. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a sad day. There might be some yeah, tears. I think we only have you know? one more episode with them, and then uh, and then we then we wave goodbye to Logos 7. We, we, pack, we pack, pack up the car, man. We send them off to college. You know, there's going to be some tears, but we need to be strong for each other, boys. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Guys, I want to talk about satire, and I want to talk about the Babylon Bee. And, and here's the thing, man. I'm not a, I'm not a Babylon Bee reader. Um, but for a while, people accused me of, of being the Babylon Bee. So there was a lot of, oh, are you involved in that? Or did you start that or whatever? The answer was no. Um, and I occasionally still get sent articles uh, by people who want me to read the Babylon Bee. And I read them occasionally. Uh, but there was a specific article that ran windpipe recently. I was probably a month or two ago. I think it was shortly before Christmas. And what was the subject matter in this in this article that caused people to maybe question well, whether we were involved? Without having read it, uh, because yeah. I, here's the thing. Because we don't do show prep, man. <laughs> show prep is for losers. That's right. That's Yeah, who does that? Um, I, also, I tend to find the vast majority of the humor in the Babylon Bee to be in the headlines, which mm-hmm. almost they, – they regularly make me laugh. Because they're they're very funny. The articles themselves, I'm less interested in, but uh, especially given the fact that the article is usually like three sentences. Well, you know? yeah, and a third of them are about my dad, which also amuses me greatly. So, but the, this yeah. this particular article involved Rachel Held Evans, quinoa, kale, and hipsters, which oh my that's gosh, like 95 percent of our material, I think. 
That's the four jewels in the Happy Rant satire that's crown, right? That's there, right. If, if we have, if there's like the five pillars of Happy Rant, those are four of them, and the the fifth is a rotating cast of themes. So, um, yeah, it was. So, yeah, we had multiple listeners who reached out and said, "Hey, I think they ripped you guys off," and uh, I, you know, didn't really respond to that because I I felt like it probably deserved this sort of conversation to address. Yeah, a, a kind of thoughtful intellectual treatment where we can all be. We can all be adults about right. it. You know, we can all talk about it calmly and rationally. Um, Big R, what do you make of this, baby? You know, man, I, I – uh, well, a couple things, man. I mean, I dig the B. I, I think it's cool. I think it's a cool uh, addition to, uh, you know, evangelicalism at large. And uh, here's my question to you boys. Mm-hmm. Who, who's the guy? Like who's the dude that does it? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, his his name is uh, well. He goes his his Twitter handle is Adam Four D. Uh, the the digit four and then the letter D. Mm-hmm. It's like wait a I minute. Like, so you I feel like this is uh, I feel like this is Sesame Street. But well, I I mean, so it could be like it could be Adam Driver, which means uh, the the guy that runs the Babylon Bee is Kylo Ren. Mm. Which is that a possibility for us? Well, I think we it's should, like a side gig for. I him. think we should go with it. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's way cooler than what is probably actually the case. Okay, so yeah. Kylo Ren runs the Babylon Bee, which I, I think is interesting in and of itself. But yeah, I, I um, I dig it, man. I I think it's. I think it. Um, I think it's sharp. And I think like a, a lot of what you see lacking in a lot of Christian satire, if there's been any Christian satire, and by Christian satire, and if there's been any Christian satire, the answer could very well be no, there never has until the Babylon Bee for the most part. But um, I think what I like about it is that it's like it's edgy and it's really direct and it doesn't, it, it doesn't like – it doesn't shy away from making fun of everybody and including everybody sort of like in its – in its grasp, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and it's becoming this thing where it's like, you, it's almost like a rite of passage now uh, to be in, you know, evangelicalism to, to get sort of get knocked on the beat. By the, the Babylon bee, Which of course it begs the question, when are, when are we going to get knocked? Absolutely. Like it's all about bee. us, baby. It's all right. about this show and, and, and our brand. When are we going to get knocked? Adam Ford, if you're listening and you, and you probably are given the, the kale quinoa, uh, RTHE trifecta that you pulled off recently. Um, when 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 is it going to happen? When is the happy rant get to get a little treatment on the Babylon? Well, the question is, like, how, rant, how, do you, just gonna... how do you spoof a spoof? Is the question because I feel like yes. I feel like doing <laughs> satire about satire is so many layers deep. I mean, so here's the thing: when when you when you write satire, it inevitably ends up on Facebook, and somebody goes, "Is this real or is this a joke?" Yeah. Which means you've hit your sweet spot because you know if Facebook doesn't get it, it's probably hilarious. Um. But how do you spoof a spoof? And then, like Facebook would just break at that point. It would have no idea how to handle that. It would be – so if he can pull it off, that would be incredible. So I mean so this, this begs the question. Like, is what we're doing satire though? Do you, can, do you consider this program satire no. Uh, primarily? No, we, we make fun of things. That's different than satire. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, I um, think it's in addition to sad. I mean, yes. satire does make fun of things, but it does more than that. Right. It's also like social commentary in addition to making fun of things. It's, boys, I want right? to ask you this, man. What's your what's your experience with satire? And the reason I ask that is um, there actually has been a precursor to the Babylon Bee. It was called the Wittenberg Door. Did you ever see this podcast? I did, this, this yeah. Yep. I used to write for it, actually. Years ago, I wrote some stuff for the Wittenberg Door. Um, 
I owe like pretty much my entire career to satire. So you're like a, you're like a hipster sat- satirist. Is that the word? It Dude, sounds right. a little bit like was, Satanist, but they're not the same. I think you mean I think yeah. you mean Wittenberg. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> hipster don't Satanist. You? What would that look like? Uh, hips, uh, mo- yeah, fa- mostly just fallen angels. That's called a hatenist, by the way. Just so you know, vintage horns, a vintage pitchfork. <laughs> right. um, My granddad used no, this pitchfork in his real barn. Um, no, but just that, just that I've always enjoyed satire, I guess is the point. And, and like satire, I kind of have satire to thank for my entire writing career in that um, years ago, I started this thing called The Field Judge. It got picked up by ESPN and, and that opened all kinds of other doors. But uh, and I was always a big fan of The Onion. Were you guys Onion fans back in the day? Oh, the, yeah, I, still I still am. Yeah, they're, they're one of my favorite uh sort of Facebook feeds because regularly there's, again, it's just the headline that, that gets me. Yeah. The articles are occasionally genius, but the headlines are so funny. Yeah. The headline is all you need. That's what's great about the beach. You like what you said, pipe. Like I, I rarely ever like click on it and read the articles. It's like the headline is everything. It's the make or break for me. So let me ask you both this. What's your favorite, like recurring concept on the onion? Oh man. I, they, they, uh, Making fun of uh, sort of first world problems, you know, they 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 regularly make fun of, you know, millennials who are complaining about things or middle aged, you know, middle aged sort of baby boomer people who are self-satisfied making fun of things like they had. There was one that I just saw uh, this past week that said something like weak little man loses sleep because he drank coffee after four o'clock. And uh, I mean, it's just nice. it's just those kinds nice. of things. And it you know, it's the yeah. kind of complaint you hear from a coworker every single day. Oh, I just didn't get any sleep last night. I had a little too much caffeine. And then uh-huh. they turn it into 400 words of just verbal abuse, <laughs> which is one of my favorite things. Dude, my favorite recurring onion thing is uh, it's a, a love and relationships column called Smooth Bee Love Man. <laughs> Have you ever read Smooth Bee Love Man? No. <laughs> Dude, it's outstanding. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and read it. It's super funny. <laughs> It's this guy. He lives in a penthouse apartment in Cincinnati. And uh, <laughs> I love the concept he already. This, he writes this column about seduction. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Big R, what about you? Favorite uh, favorite onion recurring concept? Yeah, I think it's kind of a little bit about what Pipe said. I, I like all the millennial bashing on it. I always find that to be like super funny. But yeah. For sure. yeah. For sure. Boys, do you have uh, – and, and Big R, I want to start with you on this one as, as our resident man of the cloth. Um, there's been some debate – and obviously, with kind of the ascension of the Babylon Bee, you, you get this sort of dialogue. Like, there, there are people out there who think that Christians shouldn't be in the satire business because they, um, they, they would assert that it's hateful, that it's aggressive, um, that sort of thing. What, um, what, what do you think about well, that? We can speak freely about them because they're guaranteed not to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I probably couldn't disagree more with that. I think, you know, I mean, just to be serious for like one second, I, yeah. I actually had this, I actually had kind of an argument with somebody about this the other day, believe it or not. And, um, and I just think, um, I, I don't was think this, that, Was this uh, after Ted know, talked about erections of the heart last episode? Yeah, mm. that one and the one before and the one before, right, yeah. <laughs> Baby, did you get a so, text about that? No, I only got nine texts on that one, so it's okay. been great. It's been good, yeah. Um, I'm going to resign after okay. today. Yeah. No, but it's... Um, I don't think that the church is ever going to be able to be accused of being too funny. You know what I mean? It's that's right. not like a problem we have. And I think um, I think satire is a way to get a point across where um, where the church ha- it's it's like a it's a it's a vehicle that the church hasn't used enough, in my opinion, to get really good points across. And um, so I I think that this is really an under, underdeveloped 
kind of, you know, an underdeveloped sort of, you know, machine that's been not used well in the church that I think anybody that can step up and um, become a voice in that particular direction should do it, whether it's, you know, whether it's the B or, you know, we're a little satirical at times here as well. So I, I think it's good. I think we're better for it. I think we're better for not taking ourselves so seriously. I always think mm-hmm. in any, like in any vein, in any stream, vocation, anything in life, man, people that don't take themselves so seriously, it's just everybody benefits from that. You know what we're better friends for, Big R. <laughs> exactly. Swingers. Hi, what do you think about this, man? You're... Your dad is like, not to always make it about your dad. He's he's like the most earnest guy. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah, seems, he he's trying he, to he not he coined guy. the phrase "serious joy," which uh, and then built a school around it. Which to this uh-huh. day, uh, I I don't consider myself boggles the mind. I don't consider myself a stupid man, but I have a real yeah. hard time figuring that one out. Um, it's tough to figure. It seems out, it? it seems a bit contradictory to itself. Um, but uh, I, I'd agree with Ronnie completely about taking ourselves too seriously. I think I think one of the biggest weaknesses the church has is that when there is an issue that needs to be addressed, especially within the church, the only way the church knows how to address it is to attack it head on. You know, mm-hmm. that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, you might be right in saying that, um, but that's not going to be received very well. Whereas humor is a way of sort of like washing out the supports for something so that people can see it for what it is. So satire, mm. you can, you tell, you know, you tell a satirical story about something that you're trying to essentially undermine and people can laugh at it and then go, wait, that thing is kind of ridiculous. Whereas if yeah. you just came and said, that's stupid, we shouldn't do that. People are going to get very defensive. So humor is a very disarming way to make really sharp points. It's yeah. And you know, the other thing with that too, man, I mean, to go off that, that's a great point. And I think even when it's almost like we're not allowed, like the church at some point in history, stopped being allowed to be that. Cause if you go back to even some of the pillars, you know, if you go back to uh, even like Chesterton or Spurgeon or even Luther, those guys were just amazingly satirical. Yeah, I mean, they witty. were, they were sarcastic guys. They were witty. Yeah. Anytime they could make a joke to make a point, uh, mm. they did. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Like when you read their work, and it's and but we kind of lost like that kind of cleverness is like kind of a lost art. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even in the even in the kind of one-off satire environment of the Babylon Bee, I, I wonder if we haven't lost the ability to be really good at it. You know what I mean? It's, like really thoughtful at it, really funny. Because it requires um, being thoughtful. Mockery is easy. Like mockery, it's so. Yeah. It's I mean, mo- mockery is is. Uh, Grade school bullying, you know, you, you just pick on the weak thing or the, the thing yeah. that you don't like or the thing that's different than you. That's that's easy. It's cheap. Except and it's, for when we make fun of hipsters, in which case it's super thoughtful and intellectual. Well, here's <laughs> I, like, I would add that caveat to this discussion. But here's the, the funny thing about making fun of hipsters, as we've talked about before, is that they always join in because they don't know they're hipsters. So they are also making fun of hipsters, which sort of adds to the the, the layers of it, because there's a there's an unintentional self-deprecation going on there that's delightful from the outside. Also, Pipe, let me run this theory by you. This is how I justify making fun of hipsters. Um, two ways. Number one, I, I think I'm on the spectrum a little bit. You know what I mean? So Your glasses would agree. It's sort of like the glasses would agree. So it's sort of like when you're homeschooling a kid, you get access to all the homeschool jokes. That's kind of how I feel about hipsterness. Like I'm on the spectrum just enough that I get access to the jokes. That's one thing. But the other way that I justify it is hipsters tend to be sort of the, the most affluent, highly resourced people in society. So I, I don't exactly feel like I'm picking on the underdog. Right. Yeah, you you, yeah I mean? you're not hitting the kid with glasses. You are, uh, 
you're taking. I'm hitting the kid with like a trust fund, and, and, and that's right. You know, yeah, the, the one six degrees, the one whose personal you know? surgeon will solve the broken nose later. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I I would agree with that, but I think so. I think I think mockery is it tends to be cheap humor. It's it's mockery and dirty jokes are the easiest ways to go to make fun of things. Satire requires a real keen understanding of something because you have to depict it in a way that. It's not just talking about the thing. It's it's you're essentially telling an entirely different story, but also mm. talking about the thing. And so and that's that's something where I mean, that's that's what Chesterton could do so well. Uh, but then but then just being witty requires thought because it's you want to cut you want to cut without people realizing they're being cut. You know, without without it hurting and feeling like just a you know you're not bludgeoning someone you're making sort of a deft slice, and that takes thoughtfulness and and practice. And I mean, I think true wit takes genuine practice, and most people just don't have it. I don't know that. I think I think all three of us probably have moments of it, and then we probably fall on our faces in in an effort to be witty plenty of times. <laughs> That's true. That 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 could be a true statement. Boys, I want to take a break and talk about Rick James. Can we talk about Rick James for a minute? Yes, I love uh, Rick James. I want to get this promo in before Big R has to uh, has to leave the program today. So, Pipe, uh, we have a new sponsor, and why don't you, why don't you tell us about? We it? do our our uh, our new sponsor is Nav Press and Tyndale House Publishers. They're they're sort of one. Uh, it is the book called. Are they one now? Are they one in the same? Well, I think Nav Press sort of functions as an imprint of Tyndale because Nav Press was struggling. Tyndale essentially took them over, so I think they have sort of their own uh, production management acquisitions, but they're part of Tyndale. So, and who owns Tyndale? Is it the Good Humor Ice Cream Bar Company? Oh, I, is, is, I wish because then maybe we, we maybe we could then get paid in ice cream, but um, mm. but no, it's uh, so it's from Nav Press. It is by Rick James. I. It's unclear which Rick James this is. Let's go with the famous Rick James, the one that uh, the one that all of us hope it is. The book I like the that. book is called Watch: Wide Awake Faith in a World Fast Asleep, and it is about what it sounds like, which is um, spiritual wakefulness. So the idea that the vast majority of Christians are spiritually anesthetized. We're essentially asleep at the wheel. We have, you know, sort of fallen, fallen prey to the, the carbon monoxide poisoning and just passed out. And so this is a call to, uh, to spiritual wakefulness and awareness and being, and doing that through prayer and spiritual disciplines and spiritual engagement. So it's, it's not a devotional book, but it is a, it is a look at the heart and at spiritual engagement. So our own personal lives. So it's not a, it's not a church book in the sense of, uh, you know, movements and things like that, as much as it is exploration of our own hearts, our own connection to the spirit, being spiritually wakeful, uh, in a world where you look around and just the vast majority of believers are not, we're unresponsive to things in culture, things in church, our own sins, things like that. So again, the book is watch wide awake faith in a world fast asleep. Uh, it came out earlier this month, so it is available. Now you can get it wherever you buy books from nav press. And it is by again, one Mr. Rick James. I'm Rick James. Watch. <laughs> That's not funny. I, I tried it uh, off the air and it wasn't funny. It was, it is funny. It's funny. I laughed off the air, but I'm not laughing now, Big T. I don't know why. It's just it was really funny the first time you said it, and now I'm just uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling look, it. But there's gonna be there's gonna be a subset of listeners who get that joke, and uh, and they're gonna love it. You're gonna make somebody's day. Somebody's Monday is gonna be really happy because of that. I want to make someone's day. Let's be clear. I want I want this show to make many people's days. Um, boys, let's get back on uh, let's get back on the satire topic. So, who do you think? 
uh, who's out there now? Like as you look at the sort of the universe of comedians and, and you know, people doing work in the space, who do you think is doing satire well? In general? Yeah, in general. Well, I mean like Portlandia is – Okay. is is a form of i mean it it makes fun of hipsters um yeah. that's i think that's satire done pretty well a lot of the time you know because it's because it's all just situational you know where they they just find yeah. these sort of absurd situations and they satirize them and it's right which also sounds like cauterize so that word that, that word <laughs> just doesn't work on its own very well um but yeah it's uh i think they do a good job with it big r who do you who do you think is doing good work in in the satire space is um satirize a word yes it is actually a word interesting um i don't i don't know i have no idea i like portlandia i'm gonna roll with portlandia portlandia is one of those weird things right where you get like you get you get like sort of like this this you know this indie quotient of hollywood that's actually legitimately making fun of things that like nobody else in Hollywood would make fun of themselves about. And they do it in kind of like a, like, like if you can be like satirical and earnest at the same time, they do it with that kind of a, of an attitude. So I think what they do is re, it's really contrarian, like given like the space that they're operating in. I, I can't think of anything off, off the top of my head that sort of competes with that, but I would love to see more things like that. You know what I mean? I think uh, I think Tripp and Tyler do some some funny little satire videos as well. Um, like they they did uh, they did a video called like tweets in real life, where as if people are having conversations the way that people interact on Twitter. And so one mm. well one person is not. He's trying to have a normal conversation. The other person is verbally tweeting, and it it was very effective and really funny. Just sort of the the absurd way that we interact on Twitter and self promote and things like that. Um, so they, and they've done a few others. They did one where it was a, con, you know, conference call in real life where people are sitting around a table and having the same issues that you do on a conference call. None of these things are funny when you describe them, but the videos are very funny. So I think, I think they do a good job with, with a satirical style of humor. What about Key and Peele? Do you guys like Key and Peele? I have seen, yeah, I, I've seen only a few things, so not enough to say, but I, the stuff I've seen is yeah. really funny. Key and Peele's brilliant, and they do verge – some of their stuff verges on being satirical, which has really been really good. And, boys, with that, I'm going to uh, – I'm going to exit hey, and Ron, wish Ronnie, you – before you go, uh, we I, – I should have mentioned this earlier. I totally bailed. Yeah. So Good Humor Ice Cream uh, has been somebody we've been going after hard. We got a direct message from a guy who said, if you can, if you can push our uh, – my family's efforts to adopt, we will send you guys ice cream bars. So yeah, we don't yeah, have a problem with that at all. No. So since you, Good. since you were the one who was the, the aficionado of this, I figured you should stay on for this. So it is, it is the, the kick family and they are raising money, uh, to adopt a child and, uh, they're, they're listeners. They love the show. So you can go to, uh, you can go to you and search for the kick family for Corey and Amanda kick and how do you spell kick like kick a football yeah like, like yeah like yeah. like we're yeah we're kicking butt on this show um mm-hmm. they look like a very sweet couple a uh, very nice picture of them so i wanted to give a shout out to them uh and also a, a plea for ice cream bars but wanted to say that before you left ronnie because yeah no, you I care like so I much like about the ice cream it's your thing well, i do and i already had somebody um i i had somebody local that that listens to the rant who's a fan who literally dropped off a case of good humor bars on my doorstep oh, last week uh, so guys i'm already ahead but it that doesn't mean i don't want another case right because that case <laughs> is going fast let me just mm-hmm. tell you that much mm-hmm. all right so, so yeah good humor a day 
You know what? It's great. It's been a great week. You know, I got my, my case of good humor, and I feel like everything's been better after that happened. So. Outstanding. Well All right, done. boys. See you, Ryan. Right. We'll talk Signing off. Pipe, it feels a little uh, feels a little lonely here in the studio. It does we without, we need some college students? We do need some college students back. I could probably go out in the hallway and scare <laughs> just whistle. Yeah, yeah. In lieu of that, um, is there anything else you want to cover in the in the satire realm? Um, well, no. I, I think we covered most of it. I think I I just wish more Christians felt permission to be funny. You know, yeah. To, I mean, I think I think sarcasm is a great thing, and yeah, yeah, every just like anything, it can be taken too far. But I think most Christians go way too far in earnestness and not far enough in humor. Humor's a yeah, I agree. Man. Humor's a great I, way I, to make a point. It's a great way to make friends. It's just it's just more fun. People who aren't funny are no fun. Dude, I totally agree. And people who have no interest in being funny right. are are like. The, the most unfun people there are. Or I shouldn't say people and, uh, I shouldn't say people who aren't funny. People who won't laugh. Because some people are people not who laugh. people who some people aren't great at being funny, but they're great fun to be around because they love humor. And they Dude, those are actually my favorite yeah, kind of people. They love a good laugh. Because they're not trying to be funnier than me, right. but they think that I'm really funny. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Any <laughs> anybody who will laugh at my jokes, we we can be friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, don't you think that the the, the rise in popularity, the Babylon Bee is sort of proof of this in that, I mean, it's not all that great. I mean, it's okay. Like they have their moments, they have some really funny things, but you know, by and large, it's, it's just kind of okay satire, but people are so hungry for this. Well, and I would, and, I would venture to say the same thing about this podcast. Like I don't, yeah, no, I, agree. I, I think yeah. if we're being honest, we are not geniuses. We, we, no. we simply talk about things in a way that other people wish they had permission to more often. And so we've tapped into something. Um, yeah. You know, we're not we're not the world's biggest podcast, but we have thousands of listeners, which speaks to people's desire to 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 like to not take things too seriously, I guess. Absolutely. And dude, let me let me tell you, listeners, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Man. We, we could be way funnier with this if we took like the the, the governor off of our of our consciences. You know what I yeah, mean? If, if employment yeah. was not an issue. Oh, my goodness, dude. We'd be way funnier than this. Possibly more offensive, but definitely Possibly. funnier. There's a good chance. Definitely funnier. Um, Pike, do you want to talk a little uh, talk a little football before we go? I feel a certain freedom now that I do. You know, that Ron's out yeah, of the I, I mean, not not to speak ill of the dead, but uh, I do always feel like I'm boring him to tears when I bring up anything sports related. So, no, this is a good opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to let you set the table for this, man. Do you want to talk college football? Do you want to talk about NFL playoffs? Where do you I want. Go with I want conference? to talk about. Now, I realize when this airs, we will be one week later in the season. But at the time we're recording yeah. this, the most fresh thing in my mind is the Aaron Rodgers throw to set up that game winning field goal. Did you see the end of that, the, the Cowboys Packers game? Dude, I have to tell you, I have to be honest with you. And this is going to go back in the direction of like uh, satire of church related things. But <laughs> I missed the second half of that game because I was speaking at like a youth conference, like a youth retreat. And I was in a room with like uh, a bunch of, insecure high school kids and, and like hormonal high school kids. That's where I was at the, at the end of that game. Is that, uh, and, is that redundant or are there high school kids who are not that way? I don't know, man. I, they, they weren't in this room if, if there are, but uh, dude, the, the really funny thing about this gig, and then I, I want to, I'm going to look up the throw so that we can talk intelligently about okay. it. The funny thing about this gig, I had to do an altar call at the end, which I really didn't know how to do. And uh, like the, the lady who booked me was like, um, 
you know, we usually do an altar call at the end. She's like, I know, I know that's not really your thing. Do you want to, do you want to do it? Do you want me to do it? And I was like, Oh no, I'll, I'll do it. You know, you're paying me to do this. So I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a pro. I'll do the whole thing. You know? So I like got into the altar call thing and I prayed and then I sat down and like, she got back up and took the mic and started doing like the real altar call thing where they kind of, uh, it's sort of like being an auctioneer, you know, <laughs> you just keep throwing these things out there. And then, uh, and then after a while, like the hands start to go up and people start to walk down and stuff. So there's like the real art and science to the altar call that I wasn't aware of. Oh, I've, I've never done an altar call. I, I, uh, I have, I have worked my way out of it a couple of times when I've spoken places and they said, now, how would you like to end it? And I asked them, I said, now, are you looking for an altar call? And they're like, well, you know, we could. And I said, you know, that, why don't I just close in prayer? And if there's somebody you would, uh, you know, you'd like to come up, maybe the youth pastor can come up and do that or something. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've never had to do an altar call and I, I wouldn't know the first thing about the, the art and science of it. I mean, I only, I know the lines, you know, I see that hand, the buses will wait, all those things. Oh, you, dude. Yeah. I see, I, you see, you opened the video. I just sent you. Yeah. This is me playing the video. That's what that <laughs> sounds like in the studio. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's, it adds a little ambiance. So yeah, I, Absolutely. I, uh, I, I'm feeling uncomfortable just em- empathetically for you having to Dude, be in really that. Uncomfortable. Like they really wanted this. They really wanted this to happen. And uh, I, I feel like I failed them. I feel like I let them down. All right. Here's Rogers. Wow. Yeah. Dude, rolling to his left. Yeah. And he just whipped it. What? Like 30, yeah, 40 yards. On, down there. And, and then the catch was, I mean, he, if he had gone six inches further outside the sideline, the guy would have been yeah. out of bounds because he dragged his toe with an inch to spare. And then, uh, and then if he had thrown it a foot inside, it probably would have bounced off his back shoulder. I mean, it was perfect. So interesting thing about that catch, Jared Cook, another guy who did absolutely nothing with the Titans and now is playing a pivotal role. Wasn't he on the Rams, too, also not doing anything? I feel like he, exactly. didn't, he did nothing on a few different teams except be tall and fast, and so people got excited. Yeah, exactly. He's sort of like the Eric Ebron. He was the first Eric yeah. Ebron. But now he's actually doing it so, in Green So Rodgers makes that throw. Apparently, he drew that play on the ground. So that was not Dude, that's, that's not a you know a, a Mike McCarthy play call. I think that's their coach's yeah. name. That's a uh, yeah. That's one that he. I mean, it's like playing backyard football where you just sort of be like, all right, you go down fifteen steps and, and cut to the sideline, and I'll hit you. Uh, you guys run a drag route, and you just you just take your guy deep. And that's he, that's what he did. And then he sets up Mason Crosby for the game winning field goal with no time left on the clock. Dude, let me ask you this. Do you like Aaron Rodgers? Like in in the way that people either like or dislike athletes. Like there's been a lot of there's been a lot of stuff that's come out about how oh his teammates, you know, maybe don't even like him or whatever. Do you do you like him? Uh he's my he's my favorite quarterback to watch play, which as a Vikings fan really fun is is about the biggest concession I can make competitively. Sure. Because I hate sure. the Packers. Uh yeah. but he's insane. Now, as a yeah. person, I kind of get the impression that he's a smug d bag, but I but I don't care because mm-hmm. when you're that good, you can you can be whoever you want. I think Tom Brady probably is the same way, and he's also incredible. So, uh, yeah. no, I, I'm not inclined to like him as a person, but I don't care too much about the 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 personhood of athletes when it comes to that stuff. Dude, talk to me about the Falcons, man. For real, not for real. Are you buying Matt Ryan at this level? Um, do you think that like reality is going to set in for them next week? What's your, what's, what's your feeling about the Falcons? Um, I think their offense is for real. I think, Mm -hmm. uh, 
I think they're a little bit like okay. So as a Vikings fan, I'm going to make they're they're a little bit like the uh, the '98 '99 Vikings, the Randall Cunningham, Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. That team, yep. that team went 15 and one. They they broke they broke the NFL scoring record. Uh, Dude, that was such a fun offense. They to watch. I mean, just oh explosive God. in unbelievable yeah. ways. And uh, yep. and ironically enough, lost to the Falcons in the NFC Championship game. Um, yep. Gary Anderson missed the field goal for the first time all season. They had an okay defense, sort of opportunistic, some talented players, not great. Um, mm-hmm. Probably would have gotten destroyed by the Broncos in the Super Bowl. I kind of feel mm-hmm. like that's the Falcons, like a really yeah. explosive, legitimate offense. Um, if they get to play in a dome or warm weather, they mm-hmm. they can beat anybody. If they have yeah. to go into cold weather, which they don't, I don't think. I think they. Uh, well, wait, are they playing? Are they playing at Lambeau? Gosh, I don't know. I can't remember. Let's have a look. I think I think they're playing at home, which show means prep. which is a show. Yep, prep. that's right. <clears throat> we didn't know we were going to be talking football, but I should say they had. We will know the result of this game by the time uh, by the time people talk about it. But no, I think I think they are. I think. I think they're a legitimately good team. I don't I think they have some flaws that can be exposed by a really really good team. Yeah, I agree, man. Of all the teams that are left, like who do you who do you most want to see? Uh I would like to see the Falcons win because they never win anything. And yeah. I can't stand the Packers. Sure. I don't like the Steelers because I can't stand Ben Roethlisberger. Dude, really? Talk about that, man. Why the why the hatred for Big Ben? Uh, See, because when it comes to quarterbacking, like just the craft of quarterbacking, he's one of my favorites to watch. I well, think he does it he really He is. Well. I have issues with the fact that he, he – he, his privileged position uh, has mm-hmm. freed him from some significant criminal allegations. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and that, Dude, but that, that bothers that me. that self-same sentence apply to like half of the NFL? Yeah, but not all of them are playing for the uh, the conference title game. So uh, you're forcing me to choose. Not all of them are quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, although I love watching Le'Veon Bell run, he's insane. He's he's so fun to watch. I mean, I've never seen a more patient runner in my lifetime. Maybe Emmitt Smith, but I mean, he's kind of redefining how the how the position is played right now. And um, yeah, incredible, incredible athlete for sure. I, and then I wouldn't mind seeing the Patriots win, even though they're the bad guys, just because I love watching history be made. And they mm-hmm. have what four Super Bowls right now. This would be their fifth, and so yeah. um, and that would be, I think, that would be a record for a single quarterback coach. Yeah. Um, because the the Niners won five, but it was with Montana and Young separately. Didn't the Steelers get four with Bradshaw and Chuck? <clears throat> Noll? I think so. So yeah, this would this would put the uh, the Patriots up over that mark, which would be pretty cool. And I just I just don't want to see the Packers win. Period. Yeah. That that yeah. I can't abide. I can't abide Packers fans being excited about it. I can't abide, abide mm-hmm. gloating. Uh, that uh, I'm just I'll crawl into a hole if they do. Dude, did you have uh, did you have similar feelings about the national championship game in college? Because I, I kind of was fascinated to see the Alabama juggernaut keep rolling. And I was a little disappointed when they lost. Um, I just don't care about college football. I've tried. Okay. I've lived in, I've lived yeah. in sec country for three years and it's having a similar effect on me as it did when I lived in Chicago, the mm-hmm. sec fans make me hate the sec just the way mm-hmm. the Chicago bears fans made me hate the bears more. So I'm, uh, I, I, I was kind of happy to see Clemson win just because, I mean, well, it was a great game. I didn't really care who won. I was, it was, it was fun the way it came down to the last second, 
But yeah, I was sure. just kind of like, eh, whatever. This this matters to me because these guys are going to be on NFL teams soon. Interesting, man. That's exactly how I feel about college basketball. Yeah, I feel similarly I, I, to that. Yeah, I have no interest in it whatsoever. And I feel like I'm squarely in the minority on that. Yeah, I'm not. I, well, I, I, I watch college basketball during March Madness, but that's much more for the spectacle than for the game because those games tend to be, they're not very good basketball games. They're just sort of dramatic. Right. They're like uh, the early ones, at least, are kind of like the early college bowl games, yeah. you know, just sort of forgettable. But, uh, Pipe, we have uh, we've wandered to and fro here, man. We, this we, has been uh, this has been fun. Now, the question is, are we going to release kind of the sports part and the satire part together? Or are we going to chop them up and do two like small apps in one week? Uh, I think we'll do them. I think I think we'll just release this as one. Uh, I don't. I, okay. I mean, you know, we can I, in the show notes. I may make a note about sort of chapter one, chapter two. But it'll be pretty hey, clear to listeners when Ronnie leaves, we're going straight to sports, so um, they man. can sign off. Absolutely. And uh, you know, in the future, we may do bonus sports apps. But yeah, this one I think we'll just we'll just do together. I like it. Actually, get on Twitter and let us know if you would like bonus sports apps. And yes. if you would like it, what you would want us to talk about. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a Happy Rant Facebook page, which several hundred of you like, but we're always happy to have more. So uh, we take comments and we try to be interactive, both Twitter and Facebook. Absolutely. And by we, I mean me. Pipe. Yeah, I try. Yeah. Baby, we have uh, we have wandered to and fro. This has been fun, man. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed this convo about satire and the convo, the bonus convo about the NFL playoffs. So until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. Resonate has helped us with our editing and mastering pretty much from the beginning of the podcast. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Mark and Jake do a fantastic and timely job with all sorts of podcast services. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.